Why is no one stopping? Oh, hey, someone is stopping. Why are they stopping? I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael LaFaver. We're two avid fans of Beyond Gilead, with a guest. I don't know why I'm here. And you're listening to part one of our review of The Journey by W. Mark Whitlock. So join us for episode 93 on our return to Gilead. The long-awaited review where my roommate finally enjoys audio drama and I give him one of the most lackluster episodes of the show is here. Hi, Jack. Hello. Why am I here? Uh, I was promised ice cream. Hi, Jack. Well, see, the ice cream all melted because Haley had to go to the whatever prayer circle and then read her whole... Ice cream does not melt that quickly. That's the whole point. That's why the waiter coming... You got that the waiter was John, right? The, The waiter was the dad. I did not get that. He didn't get that. Anyway, he had a uh, what? This, you didn't get that the waiter was the dad, Ryan? That was never made clear. No. Yeah. Same actor. He knows what's going on. He's in on the plan. So what? It's just John Morrison in a mustache or something? How did the daughter not recognize the dad? See, I always thought it was the dad. No. It's not. My no, impression like, was that the mom said, "Why is it the same?" Beforehand. Why is it the same actor? He is in on everything. Because audio dramas reviews actors occasionally, like of the one I've then listened to. Then how did like, Maya, Becca, Janet Gray, Grandma? Because Neil they set Morrison. it up with the restaurant beforehand. Then why wouldn't? The Are dad you implying that because the it's dad the women made day. a recording for his daughter? So that she could hear him while he was back in Coleraine, but then he traveled there anyway, just to pretend to be a waiter and then go back home. Yeah, yeah, because he no, okay, no. okay. So no. let's let maybe this will help. It was Wednesday. We... I don't think the father is a woman. <laughs> no, but he is the f- father. And good point. Um, there are a couple <laughs> things we need to figure out off the top that we just brushed on by Jack. Why are you here? Give us a short introduction to who you are. Hi, I'm Jack. I am Michael's roommate. Mm-hmm. I am a history major and you were recovering engineering major. Yes. And I was told, here, these are the worst episodes of the series that also talk about purity culture. And I have thoughts. To be fair, I usually don't use superlatives like worst episode of the series. I, I'll say things like it that. It is deserved be, in this instance. I mean, but, but also I'm anticipating W. Mark Whitlock also listening to this. So I I don't want so it to make let's be nice right I, I want to make it clear when I say when we say it that way there are very specific reasons and we don't want to be, I don't want to come across as subjective I want to come across as objectively as I can so the way I present these critiques is going to be an objective way and honestly I actually like these episodes a lot more than Ruben Get Your Gun and More Somebody Any Other Name no no yeah cringe dialogue is much better than shooting at a kid with a shotgun and also <laughs> also the <this> shot. <laughs> Also, the shells are here. That means the gun was fired that way. <laughs> see, the only episodes he knows are the... It's uh, a rack. Uh, see, it's my point exactly. So, yeah. You, you, got the, you got the audio clip, right? I, I did get the... what audio? Which audio clip? The one that I recorded about Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pebble. That one, yeah. We, we had that at the very beginning of the season, so that okay. was fun. Okay. Anyway, context for these episodes... Ryan, do you know why we're talking about W. Mark Whitlock again? Because he's the one that wrote these episodes that we're about to review. Right. So what happened was W. Mark Whitlock wrote either 11 or 12 episodes. Three of them were made into the Lost episodes, and three were about to be released and aired on the radio. They were 7-4A, 7-5A, and 7-6A, Bridges, parts 1, 2, and 3. Those were this episode, like these two episodes. So... When W. Mark Whitlock was let go from the show, and those three episodes were 
partially produced. The, you'll notice that these episodes are directed by Steve O'Dell, whereas the other ones are directed by W. Mark Whitlock, which is interesting. And also, these episodes have sound design by Glenn West and Todd Bastide from Gap Digital. Really great guys. They were actually the sound designers and producers for Left Behind, huh. which we were just ta- Jack and I were just talking about before this. Yeah, you showed me a really great trick sure. from that. Uh, it's the one with the Antichrist that we actually ended up cutting from the previous review. I think we talked about it on Gilead before, but it had to be cut for time. Hmm. Anyway, um, so there's that. This music is also by Steve Wick, who is the composer for other parts of Gilead and often works really closely with Glenn West and Todd Bastide, also did the music for Left Behind. So... What happened with these episodes was that W. Mark Whitlock was let go, and they were like, huh, we've got partially produced episodes that aren't that terrible. Let's chop it down into two episodes. So they chopped them down into these two, renamed it from Bridges into The Journey. Interesting thing. I think a lot of the context of things like Is the Waiter the Dad and what were some of the deeper conversations they were having. You don't think he was? Okay. But I think if there was an extra episode, if there was a third episode, then some of that stuff would have been fleshed out and that there's stuff missing here from these episodes. And, but surprisingly a scene that's left in that I really want to talk about that points back to this being a three-parter. Does that all make sense? I think so. Okay. Well, with that in mind, how about I give the summary for today's episode? Please. All right. This is seven dash nine and seven dash 10 summary for part one. Haley embarks on a journey into womanhood when Mary takes her and Brooke on a road trip. And then the second part, summary, Haley has a few surprises waiting for her at the end of her journey into womanhood. And I couldn't think of a better summary. I might write one better for the DGL wiki. But these episodes were also used to incorporate the Passport to Purity project, which the executive like director on that, the creative director, was W. Mark Whitlock. So I can understand him wanting to... We, maybe we can start with that context. He directed that thing, and then used that as the basis for this episode. And the clip at the beginning of We Have Adolescent, and then the songs that we hear throughout, those are all actual parts of the Passport to Purity project, which you can still buy. It's still out there. And Dennis Rainey actually gets a shout-out in part one, which I didn't catch until oh, really? this listen through. Yeah, so Dennis Rainey confirmed as an actual person in the Gilead universe. But oh, what do you boy. think about the framing of Passport to Purity, Jack, Ryan? Do you want my Jack, honest thoughts? Why don't you go first? Or how much of a filter do you want me to put on no it? No filter. Honest thoughts. <laughs> okay. You are not a main co-host, so do whatever you want. Kind of felt like a shill. Especially because at the end of the part one, they were like, the, the the clips from this episode were from Passport to Purity by W. Mark Whitlock. I thought there were some actually somewhat good points about that they make about purity later in the episode which we will get to at the clip of the day right or is that spoilers? it was a clip of the day for part two so we'll get that eventually yeah my impression was a lot of the the songs and like the content was kind of canned and cringe and also i thought it was kind of odd that they're playing a like clips from an adult man to help a teenage girl move into puberty but that's beside the point well, the, the, in the context of that is that that's dennis yeah. rainey his wife barbara rainey also hosted yeah. like half of the thing and i think it would have probably been made more sense in context to have his wife's clips maybe i don't know i don't know how this works i agree with that i've never listened to passport to purity <gasps> ryan agrees with you this is one of the only times that's gonna happen in this recording <laughs> what <laughs> don't worry about it i'll tell you when you're older um <laughs> which is like 10 minutes from now so yeah it wasn't completely awful there were some good points made and there were some there was some good clarification in there but i do think it taught some of the wrong lessons particularly getting to second chances 
Hmm. I'll explain more when we get we, to that we will explain later. Ryan, what did you think about the Passport to Purity Incorporation? Honestly, I thought that it was very cringe. Uh, unfortunately, like okay. as I was listening to this, none of what I heard in the Passport to Purity audio, like the music or anything, seemed like something that I'd be like, "Oh, I better pick this up for when my daughter is like 12 and yeah. be starting to starting to grow up." It's like this these songs they're barely something that I feel like a six-year-old would enjoy, and I'm not gonna like something that it seems like it. Like, okay, I'll put it this way: putting verses in the Bible to music is something that I had as a kid. Um, like, if you've ever heard of GT Halo, GT and the Halo Express, or like anything like that, what? No, where no, they've got like. I, we really? haven't heard of that, actually. I, I thought we were going to say something like Halo the video game. I was like, I mean, Jack knows about that, but yeah. no. I, no, I no. Okay, that so that was verses. actually, it was this thing where they would take verses from the Bible, like even like long passages, and put it to music, but they did a really good job with it, okay? Ah. I want to hear the version of Psalm 119. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, they, and, they, <laughs> and they would uh, even have like the references in there, and so it was like a great way to memorize scripture, and from that perspective... I think that that's a really good use for like putting songs like that to music is for scripture memory and like okay that's really useful for kids yeah for like children who are trying to learn the Bible I think if you're a twelve year old and someone says okay we're gonna bring you on a trip where you're gonna go up into womanhood you expect something a little bit more mature something that treats you like you're going to be a little bit more mature and like even things throughout this episode. Where, like, Mary's like, okay, now solve a puzzle. A puzzle? Like, for children? No, nah, see, it's got a Top Gun Maverick poster on it, so, like, that's not for children. Oh, sure, no. sure. <laughs> that's not even no. suitable for college students. No. <laughs> you it, it's not anyway. even a top, it's not even the whole thing is a Top Gun Maverick poster. It's just, like, the few pieces that don't belong to the puzzle are yeah, the Top Gun yeah, Maverick yeah, yeah. poster. But no, like a lot of this movie, don't rip it out of my life. (laughs) Like the the passport to purity and then even the stuff that kind of supplemented it that was just from like Mary or Brooke or whatever. Uh A lot of it felt like if I was in Haley's shoes, which I don't say I would ever be able to because I'm not a woman. But even when I was going through puberty, if my parents were like, "Okay, you're going to be a man, we're going to go on a man road trip. And then they had me solving puzzles and saying, like, okay, you can have this chocolate bar if you solve this puzzle. Oh, you didn't solve and, the puzzle. Oh, I'm going to eat the chocolate. Oh, you didn't Mom. see? I'm going to eat you your chocolate, chocolate bar. bar Does that make lesson. you mad, little child? <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I, I see where you're coming from. It all from. seems very, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, Condescending. Patronizing. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Feels very patronizing to me. And that's how I feel about the songs in the Passport to Purity as well. Mm. I, I feel like the mom does a slightly better job, but again, that is not a high bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's something Jack and I were talking about, is how Leah Gardner and Beth Culp, I was explaining how they wrote plots, how they'd work on interactions between the characters, like in The Giving Spree, which is an episode we were listening to. It's a interaction between Brooke and Haley, eventually is what the end of that is, and their conversations. Okay, how do we get them to that point? Well, let's have this theme. Okay, what plot can underlie that theme? That's something that Beth and Leah really focused on. Sarah Sinsky more wove the plot along with the theme. But now, this seems like it's, okay, we have Passport to Purity. Here's what the plot's going to be. Now let's figure out a character to go along with it. Uh, Haley, it seems like, sure. although it could work, 
it seems like Haley's just kind of tacked on here. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. For instance, yeah. this was something that I mentioned and that you corrected me on was when the mom says, Haley, can I ask you a question? And Haley says, ooh, every time you say that, I get nervous. I was like, Michael, that sounds like a breakdown in communication and a lack of honest and open communication between the parents and children. <laughs> so I brought <laughs> up Beauty and the Beast said, within. Yeah. And like how when there was actually like Teen Zone in the house, which also Mary mentions Teen Zone in this episode. She's like those Teen Zone magazines. I'm like, I thought we already covered that. I thought we banned those yes. from the house. So then, like two years ago. Yes. Yep. If, that would have mm-hmm. been two. Well, this is year four. So yeah, would have been over two years ago. Two, three no, years. Been, that would have been two Something. years. That would have been two years ago. Yeah, yeah. But that episode was open and honest communication between the mom and her daughter, and saying, "Look, we need to talk about this. Those magazines, they ain't good." And then to this episode, the can I ask you a question? Oh, every time you ask me that, it it doesn't really fit. It seems like it's a question that a generic family would have between their characters. Yeah, that like you can put into a stock family. But not with the Morrisons, who are the most developed family of all of audio drama. And very close to each other and generally pretty open and honest. Like, as far as their communication, they're only ever cagey when they're dealing with something, like, really embarrassing, so to speak. Like, people generally, like, oh, I've got something I need to hide from my parents. Then they might be cagey. But if the kids are just having a normal conversation and the mom says, can I ask you a question... I don't feel like Haley would be like, uh, that makes me nervous anytime you ever ask that. I mean, being nervous about like, oh, are you about to have the birds and the bees talk? That's more in context and is an actual thing that Haley's like, yeah, even though like we talked about that and I'm still kind of eh, uncomfortable from that. I know it was a conversation we needed to have. That's not the context of every time you say that. I was going to say, if she had said in the context something like, ooh, that question makes me nervous, and the reading into it being in the context of this conversation, then yes. But saying, oh, every time you ask the question, it makes me nervous, sounds like this is a family that we've never met before or that has a track record of not communicating. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get too far into part one, I figure we should probably play the clip of the day. So, Ryan, what did you credit your clip of the day? I picked a, a, a lovely song from no, Passport No, no, oh. I, we specifically skipped over the song in our listen-through. Oh, well, then now you'll be able to listen no. to it. It sounds like this. Oh. Ryan. Do not be deceived. That company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived. That company corrupts good morals become so welcome okay hot Mm. hot take so i'm gonna come from a general consensus perspective you realize i have to play that for the audience don't you ryan yes okay so from a another perspective i feel like if we have to suffer through it they should too no no he has a point let me put it this way (laughs) they need to don't 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 kill me ryan don't kill me jack i don't hate that it is you don't hate the song no i don't okay the verse is good song to memorize the verse is Having that in a you're becoming a woman now course is not it, Chief. Yeah, I mean, if we want to objectively, again, I'm all for objectivity. If we want to break down objectively what's going on with the song, I'd be happy to talk about it. But just from my subjective experience there, I don't dislike listening to that. I can understand why it could be a not great song. And admittedly, it's not the best one. But I've heard a lot worse 
kids songs than that and that actually and there's yeah there's the problem is it's not supposed to be a kid's song it's supposed to be a you're becoming a woman song you know what i mean yes it's and that that it is makes party to the it is party to the arguments we were making before of this would be great if it were not for burgeoning adolescence right is there a deeper meaning behind the song a deeper meaning behind the song than just the verse i, I mean what do we not want to go there jack disengage go where <laughs> okay okay um, what are, what are uh, we talking so here's about, <laughs> well i uh, here's how i listen to it and uh. here's what i kind of get from it is it's it feels strange when we're again as jack was kind of saying in the context of you're becoming a woman here's what you need to know i feel like bad company corrupts good morals is maybe a generic thing that everyone should learn it doesn't necessarily have to do with womanhood. And that's actually one huge critique I have with most of this episode is that a lot of the lessons that Haley is learning are about adulthood, not womanhood. Yeah. But isn't that, I think that's the point of Passport to Purity in that the kit itself was made for dads and sons or moms and daughters. And that's fair. But if this is the first time she's hearing bad company corrupts good morals, that's a problem. Yeah. But... If that's a good adulthood lesson, would it be good, appropriate to hear any, that? Time is lesson. it even a good adulthood lesson? I feel like it's a good anybody lesson. It's a good year three and are just becoming conscious of the world lesson. So let me think. When have we heard, or has Haley ever learned this lesson before on Gilead? A bad company corrupts good morals. I don't know. I just Jack, you here. wouldn't know this. <laughs> Ryan. I just live here. Do you know if she's had this before? I'm trying to think. I don't think that anyone's necessarily had... Or, well, so, like, the only people who have had a bad company kind of lesson are Tiffany... And Becca. And and Becca, as far as... And Kayla, uh, to a certain extent. Spending time with... And, and, like, by extension, the people who heard about those instances. So I don't know that Haley directly has had that lesson, but I think there's enough of, like, the times that they talk about, like, hey, go don't go hanging out with those kids hang out with us that most of the Morrisons pretty much understand that concept, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems to be coming from, this is a generic passport to purity song that we're playing in this audio drama because that's to promote from path to purity. Yeah. Passport to purity. Passport to purity. Regardless of whether it actually applies. Well, although they do, although W Mark Whitlock is a lot better in his trivia game he brings up, like, one bit of trivia about recusing himself, the judge, and it's another example of, like, oh, that's not really relevant. But then he does get a lot of elements from earlier in the series pretty good, honestly, and I don't mind all the references. I think it demonstrates that he did his research, which good on him. But yes, continue. I think what's weird about this is that we are not given a consistent theme to follow in this episode. It kind of seems like it's focused on purity from the beginning when we kind of get this this story that Haley finds and it's about this prince who's going to rescue her and she's Lady Grace and it, she's not a prince, but that's beside the point. No, carpenter. He's, he's well, he is a prince too. Is he, he a is? prince and a carpenter? Prince of he... Peace. Okay. Ah! Okay. <laughs> That's a cop out. <laughs> and also, I yes, don't it is. I don't think the point of the story was you should never date and should instead just wait for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, thought, no. <laughs> I mean, but that's what you're implying. We'll get to that. I didn't imply around. that at all, actually. Yeah, kind of did. I mean, I'm just saying that it's a story that starts out with 
talking about like she's in the headspace of okay i'm 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 like thinking about this guy that i think has a crush on me okay right right and that and so that's what she's focused on and so the audience given that interest i've i've talked about this before on the show where generally the hook for an episode needs to set a tonal slash thematic yes. expectation for the episode. Right. That is what a good hook does. <laughs> we talked about this we in st- the sock episode. So that every time that someone starts talking about something, you have an understanding of, oh, that's this is in the context of this theme or this angle that we're focused on. Mm-hmm. And that helps the audience walk along with you on the points and the the things that you're trying to discuss. Because we start with that, oh, Haley's smitten over this secret admirer that someone is focusing on her. That's sort of where we start off. And we're, we're thinking about romance. We're thinking about relationships and such. And so when this sort of thing comes along, it's confusing to me because like we're OK, we're talking about womanhood in the context of romance and relationships and everything. And then this comes along and it's like. Bad company corrupts good morals. I mean, it doesn't even just stop there. It keeps going, and it says "stop sinning" in the song. Well, and I guess, like, that's part yes, of yeah. you should stop sinning. But like, I feel like you can make the point: bad company corrupts good morals without saying that second part, because the second part, like, this is a, if I remember correctly, this is a letter from Paul, right? Yes. Yeah. He is telling people a list of things that they should do to improve their lives that aren't all necessarily connected. He's saying, hey, fix your company situation. Also stop sinning. Also do all these other things. And if I lumped all of those into a song, I think that's my biggest problem with the song is like, it's a fine song. But if I made a laundry list of items that I wanted someone to focus on in their life, and then someone took that out of the context of this specific people group and then just saying like two lines of it, I would be like, what are you doing? What is the point here? Are you trying to say that that specific idea is important? And unfortunately, we've got to cut it there. Yeah, and unfortunately, Jack isn't here for these raps because we're recording these after the fact. And it's Thanksgiving break, so I don't know where my roommate is right now. But, Jack, it's been super fun recording with you, man. And we'll have you back in the next episode with some really hot takes. So, Ooh, hot takes. Yeah. They didn't get as hot as I thought they would be, but they'll, they'll be kind of hot, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's it's a great discussion, especially because Jack was like, hmm, Ryan is 100% wrong in previous episodes. And now... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you really built that up for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a great discussion, and I hope you guys are prepared for it. But in the meantime... How can people find it? Don't do it. We're going to save it for... <laughs> this thing keeps getting worse and worse, so I'm going to handle it myself. How about this? You're going to take this from me? No, fine. How? Ask me the question, Michael. How can people get in touch with us? Glad you asked. You're going to need to go you to a very specific seconds, location. Sir. Underneath an ancient burial ground lies buried, forgotten, a chest. Inside this chest is a piece of paper. The piece of paper, parchment even, says return to gilead.com on it because it was prophesied long ago that you would go to that website and you would find a long lost treasure trove of information concerning how you can further listen to our episodes further uh, information concerning down Gilead I'm Ryan. I'm Michael. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you all in the next episode as we once again return to Gilead.
Concerning down Gilead Lane and just all sorts of treasure, treasure things. Lots of treasure. Did I mention the treasure? There's lots of treasure. And a cat. In fact, also the ability to listen, uh, also the ability to leave uh, feedback uh, concerning this probably dying form of comedy. This is Other Side of the Desert humor. Just like... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I'm but Michael. All, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, we do appreciate when you leave <laughs> feedback. Uh, so if you want to do that, return to Gilead.com is a place to do that. And we do have all sorts of episodes there, as well as awesome interviews where we have talked to different people from the cast and crew of Down Gilead Lane. We are so over time. Wrap this up, Ryan. Bye.